Hey there, Brainiacs, and welcome to episode five of Brainwaves, Vivid Cortex's podcast series where we talk about topics related to databases, data management, technology startups, and engineering in general. In this episode, we're doing something a little bit different. We have an interview to share with you. This is a conversation that I had last week with Bruce Momjin, a member of the PostgreSQL core development team. Uh, other than that, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Also, please excuse any audio mishaps. This is from the wild after all. Okay, enjoy. This is Alex, and I am here in Philly on July 14th, 2017 with Bruce Momjin. And Bruce, if you can talk a little bit about who you are and what you do, what your connection is with uh, PostgreSQL, we are here at the PostgreSQL local meetup in Philadelphia. Sure. Um, well, actually, I started as a, as a database consultant for uh, law firms here in the, in the early 90s. And I spent seven years writing uh, uh, database applications using Informix Ingress. And about year seven, after you'd written probably your you know three hundredth financial report, you're like, I need something to really like. I need something to can help me continue growing as an engineer, and that's how I got involved with Postgres uh, in '96 because it it really had a. Um, I was dealing with some really smart people around the world, and there were some really complex problems, far com were far more complex than the financial reports that I'd use. Mm -hmm. And it was related to databases, which is what I was using at work. So I was kind of curious how they worked and everything. And that, that's really what got me going. And, and uh, starting in 2000, I was fully employed to work on the Postgres project, and I have been fully employed since. Uh, I've been with Enterprise DB for 11 years. Uh, my initial work on Postgres was mostly, uh, well, still is, basically organizing the community kind of setting the direction, encouraging new developers, um, getting people excited about the software, obviously presentations, conferences and things. Mm -hmm. um, doing a lot of the jobs nobody wanted to do. So, you know, years ago I used to apply patches. Now I, I do a lot of traveling and, and I blog a lot and, and um, so I sort of just sort of see what places need to be fill in, filled in and then, you know, kind of, kind of take those on. Sure. So, so I like it. And, and Postgres, of course, has uh, roots in, in Berkeley, UC right. Berkeley, right? Is there still much of a connection to the, the university and the campus out there? No, unfortunately not. Um, there was a team that worked on it as part of a DOD DARPA-funded thing hmm. from 86 to, I think, 94, and they stopped, and there was one or two graduate students who kind of hung on the last two years and just really minimally maintained it. Uh, well, I take that back. They, they added full SQL capability to something that was not based on SQL. Um, but the last six months or year, they were mostly in maintenance mode, and that's when I got sort of involved. So there was really never a, a team that came from Berkeley. We, we kind of took, we talked to the first single person who was maintaining it. They said, I'm really ready to move on. We took it and, and just continued from there. Gotcha. I ask uh, because I think the we're, we're here at the University of Pennsylvania in a classroom for the meetup. Um, there's probably about 75 people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's interesting to me the, the sort of academic overtones to this, this day-long presentation. And it kind of reminds me of... Um, like those scientific salons you read about from like the 19th century because there's not quite like that uh, <laughs> yeah. 
that academic like sanitation to it yet. Right. It's people like sending dispatches from the frontiers. Everybody here is, yeah. is here because they work in in the field of postgres. Yeah, I think we're missing the pith helmets kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> sort of the, the leather vests or something that we would have right. in the 19th century or 20th. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it doesn't yeah. have that like really like <laughs> academic like uh, it, it it's kind of like a combination yeah. between like industry yeah. and yeah. academics and some of us are smoking pipes and you know sort of <laughs> gesticulating about stuff. Yeah, and and the community's always had that sort of crossover kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I've been to some database conferences and they're just so commercial driven, you know, that that the technology's really at the back and mm-hmm. the engineers are at the back and you're all about selling in a lot of ways. Um, and then there's some organizations, I have a blog entry wrote about this, some conference I've been to where it feels like the end of the conference, everyone's going to like go into a circle and sort of barbecue a marshmallow over a CPU fan or something. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so kind of hobby oriented that you don't really get seriousness gotcha. um and this has always been kind of a hybrid we were not we've never been pure educational as much as i have i was a professor over uh, adjunct professor over drexel for a while another university mm-hmm. here in philly um i've spoken in moscow i've spoken in in different european countries at uh, universities and, and brazil and and asia um but we've always been kind of a hybrid the the university uh, system has sort of, they're excited about our technology, but they never have really brought both feet into the community. So we have individuals like you heard talk today from Wharton who, who are really excited about that technology, but then there are yeah. others who are, who are really looking for that pure research kind of an environment, and that's really not us either. Is that something that you've seen evolve in your time working with Postgres, or has it always sort of been this way? Well, you know, when I started, I, I had a feeling that this uh, Postgres would be such an ideal database for for education because you can see the source code. It's a it's a, it's a, it's an open community with 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 this you know very rich history and, and very rich. But you know, a lot of academic academicians. Um, are really interested in pure research and they don't mm. really want to get messed up with having to make a patch that the community will accept, you know, or or go through the, you know, writing the patch is one thing, getting it approved is probably 10x the work. Right. And and that sort of process of getting from, from thought and proof of concept to actually production quality that we need is a step that I thought would be easier for education and it really hasn't been. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of movement. We've seen movement obviously across, you know, I, I spoke in Siberia about, uh, at the uh, Siberian Aerospace University about, you know, Postgres and, and, and again, we get invitations all the time and other community guys are there. Um, but they're always very spotted, you know, there's one or two champions you have in these universities who were like, go, 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 go. Um, but in terms of a mass kind of thing, I, it, it hasn't really budged now. I'm sorry to say. Interesting. So um, one thing I found really fascinating about your presentation this morning, which was about Postgres 10, um, and I think there will be videos or uh, some sort of recording of, of the presentations later, which I'll link to however we, we uh, publish this. Um, you're, you're presenting about Postgres 10 and the 10 features that you were most excited about or that you thought were most 
worth highlighting. And something that was really interesting to me um, was watching the community here receive that information. And it wasn't so much you as like this uh, monolithic developer in the middle telling telling the consumers what they're going to be receiving. It was much more of a collaborative process. Of all the presentations today, I had the most back and forth, you speaking to the audience, um, which I thought really highlighted the, the open source nature mm -hmm. of Postgres. Um, and I was just wondering if you could speak to that. So, like how, how important is that to you that when you're, when you're going up there presenting Postgres 10, it's not you just saying this is how it is, but it's rather how much of that do you take back and, and take to the development team? Yeah, for, for me, that, that's huge because, you know, my slides are online. There's usually recordings of me giving the presentation. So, you know, the idea that you're going to come and just hear somebody spout off about something you could see a recording of isn't, you know, isn't that interesting. Um, one of the aspects of Postgres that I think this, you're, re, you're right, it reinforces the, the collaborative nature of Postgres that we're really looking to give users an experience with the software, hmm. um, rather than just throw it out from the mountain on high, you right, know, right. And, and, and just sort of spread it all over the world, which I'm sure some open source projects are probably that way, but we've never, we've never been that way. We're always, you know, it's sort of like Philly. We're always the underdog, you know, we're always sort of scrapping by, um, looking for helpers, looking for, for ways to, to sort of non-traditionally grow you know who we are and you do that by engaging people you do that by not talking down to them you do that by taking their feedback seriously and not dismissing it which is a lot of frankly a lot of the reaction a lot of engineering has mm -hmm. um and frankly i did an interview in india a couple months ago and and one of the quotes that came out of that was that you have to you have to make people feel valued uh, if you're going to grow your community. Um, For sure. And, you know, we're 21 years in. We started with a ragtag group and a very small footprint in terms of user base. But, but you're always looking for that next person. You're always um, not taking, you know, those questions for granted. And, and you want to engage with them. And, and you're right. It, those, that's a win. You know, you walk out of there and you're like, okay, that was cool. Um, you know, I, I guess I kind of had to breeze through some of the last slides because, uh, you know, I didn't have time. But, but, you know, the goal of the presentation is not to get through the slides. <laughs> the goal of the right. presentation is to get people the information that they want. So they feel that their interaction with Postgres, the third time at the conference, the third time that they've spent learning Postgres and using Postgres is a valuable thing. And you're also getting information from that. And you're getting, yeah, you're getting information too. And you're going usually, you know, you're usually leaving the presentation and you're either going to your slides, you're cleaning up something that was unclear, mm. or you're sending an email to somebody and you're saying, hey, I just finished your presentation. I got this feedback on your feature. Uh, I think you need to, you know, if you could give me an answer what to do. And I do that all the time. I'm, you know, mm. the, classic, the classic joke is that I... I get more experienced people than me to sit in the back of the room. And then when I get a question I don't know, I will defer to them. So I'm always, not only, not only am I people asking me questions, but I'm also trying to get my more experienced people who may not want to give a talk for whatever reason right. to at least answer a question and get involved 
and highlight their contribution because they know more than I do. Let's get them in front. Let's get them to, to get involved in the discussion. I mean, you say that almost as a joke, but I really think that's that's a skill to be able to uh, facilitate that that uh, interchange of information and and to uh, make make sure the community is involved in that conversation. What what are some of the the strengths that you see? specific to the Postgres community and where do you see, uh, I know Postgres 10, like you said today, is not a huge sea change in terms of the product, but where, where are some of the places you see the community and product going? Um, I guess I can answer it at the technological level and I can answer it at the sort of community enthusiasm level. Sure. So if I answer at the community enthusiasm level, um, you know, I don't think we've been in a stronger place than we are today. I mean, we, you know, when I, again, when I started, it was a tiny little group. And, and now, you know, we have IBM seriously involved in terms of giving hardware. And I'm doing webinars with them, and they're involved with Enterprise DB. And, and, and they're, we're doing a lot of benchmarking on some of their 128 core servers that I never thought we'd get access to, you know, high-end hardware like that. But... And you have Amazon involved, as they are. Um, uh, you know, Microsoft's now involved. I mean, pretty much, if you look at the, the span of companies that are now involved, a lot of the credit card companies are involved. I mean, you know, you're really looking at some really big players. And I, frankly, visit those customers once in a while, the ones that are EDB customers. It's kind of, that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the cool things that I've been really proud of is that... Uh, the actual mechanics of how the community works and the collaboration between even competing companies who you see even here, you know, is still very is still very positive. Um, there's still very there's still a great focus on engineering. There's a great focus on not trying to take as much credit as you can, but effectively trying to sh make other companies look good, um, even if they're your competitors. Um, and I know that I know that you know all the companies that I've dealt with that are here have been able to do that. So that, that's actually a tricky thing yeah. um, to keep them from infighting, to keep everyone kind of on the on the up, you know, on the positive side of interaction, not get mired down and, hey, you got the customer and I didn't kind of thing. Sure. Um, and, and we're, you know, we're going to continue working on that, but I've, I've been surprised at how, how well, you know, how well that's gone. Um, you know, you set the you set the tone from the top, and we have a core team that kind of has a, un a uniform tone on that. Uh, but, you know, that it's not a given that that's going to filter down all the way to, to all the people involved because you're but, – but I've been shocked at how much has filtered down. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's surprising. Of course, when I look at some of the other open source projects and the, the, um, the, the mechanisms they use to – to manage those teams, it's sometimes it's it's really uh, discouraging some of the problems that they that they've had to deal with. In terms of the technology area, um, uh, you know, years ago I used to worry that we were fixing a lot of small things, but that the big things, uh, which were going to take months of somebody's full time work, were never going to get funded. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean. When we were just working on the weekends, you could only do so much. You know? right. um, and fortunately, that that's been you know as you can see that's been really uh, really that that concern has been greatly diminished because we don't have so many full time people now, and people who are really and I have to give the companies credit. Um, 
they've started to learn the Postgres way of looking at non-competition and in giving back in a, in a really selfless way that I wouldn't have thought a company could digest. I mean, like a big company like, um, you know, I don't want to name any names, but, but big companies that you wouldn't think would have been able to understand this sort of open source ethos right. have been able to do it in a surprising way. I mean, even my own company, Enterprise DB, has dramatically increased the, the amount of contribution time that they give to the database, even in the past three or four years. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, when I look at, at all the other companies that are out there, OpenCCG and Second Quadrant and, and um, the Postgres Professional and so forth, I mean, you know, they're, they're pouring some major, major time into community stuff, partially because they see that the community is so well-oiled mm-hmm. that they're really never they're really not going to get as much done if they try and do it inside their companies. Yeah, and I think that's even in evidence just here in a fairly small local meetup is uh, right. exactly what we're talking about is really. But if we were dysfunctional, it would be very tempting for them to mm-hmm. to sort of take things in house and start to do. Not that we don't have forks of Postgres, you know, sure. we do. Uh, even Amazon has Aurora, and you know Yahoo has one and. You know, pretty much all a lot of the big IT groups have it. I know Huawei and China has one, um, uh, but you know, it, it that's part of the license. That's part of the health of the group. Um, but but there are enough companies that are you know really willing to put money just in community. That uh, it's 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 pretty cool th- cool stuff. That is cool. Um, and and to wrap up, just the last question. Um, Something we've seen a lot at Vivid Cortex with organizations we work with is uh, the generalization of engineering team roles. And just talking to a couple of people today, I've, I've also seen it here, is that the, the traditional DBA role is really becoming uh, less and less common. There's just much more of this generalized um, engineering person who also works with the, with the database in some, some way. Um, how do you think Postgres's team and, and product uh, supports that change? How do you see that uh, interacting with what you guys are doing? Any, any thoughts on that in general? Yeah, you know, I, I actually went over that a little bit yesterday, the tutorial, because um, the traditional database uh, sort of monolith of, of, you know, the DBAs kind of sit in their own cubicle somewhere else and you know, you send requests in and they send mm-hmm. requests out. And, and the assumption is that the database is so complicated to manage and maintain and back up and all these other things that, that somebody who doesn't dedicate their life to that or is not going to be able to do anything. Right. You know, they, that you have to have somebody who dedicates their life to it and then therefore that person can't do anything else, right? right? And I don't know why, I don't know why things evolved that way. I mean, certainly they weren't, you know, when I used to do legal consulting, you know, in the 90s, I did everything. I did, you know, I was a DBA, I wrote applications, I, I administered the Unix machine. Unix at that point was, you know, sort of new. So, you know, I used to do pretty much all the stuff. Um, and I think a lot of it is is um, the fault of the, of the vendors. They're, the vendors had a tendency, database vendors had a tendency to to add, um, they would add a feature, I think, to make a sale. Mm-hmm. Whether it made sense within the product, whether it was done the best way or possible, 
they would just find out what, you know, if somebody says, I'll buy your product if it does X, they wouldn't even implement X. They would say, which part of X do you need? Mm. And they'd implement just, just that part, <laughs> right, to get it out the door. And then they'd hopefully come to it later, and they never did. Or if they did, they only came to it later when another customer said, I want the missing pieces X. Right? right, that's a terrible way to do engineering. Right, right, right. But you end up with a, a real, you know, a really Frankenstein kind of a product where just the whole thing is not really holistically put together. And a, and a specialist is required. And a specialist then becomes required because you this furry feature doesn't work with that feature, and you have to monitor Z to make sure that Y doesn't happen. Right. Um, and it, it and you know the companies, I guess put up with it it's you know it's a sunk cost okay we got to spend fifty thousand five hundred thousand dollars for dbas for for the year and that's just what it is you know and in a way we kind of put ourselves in this situation because we asked for feature x and we got it but it's it doesn't completely work and you know we have to moderate and we have to do whatever um postgres never had the luxury of having dbas so i think that makes it a lot easier um we get complaints like you know the whole thing i talked about this morning about hints um, hints is the type of thing that a DBA loves. Mm -hmm. You know, they go in, they put their little sunglasses on or hat or whatever, and then they sit around and they study the schema and they go, oh, put this right here. And they, you know, uh, they, and I'm sure there's somebody full-time job. I have talked to customers who say, what am I going to, you know, they didn't say, what am I going to do? But they said, uh, I need to monitor. Yeah, I remember this is a class. I was in Korea and they said, we need something so we can monitor when the plan changes. And I'm like, okay, uh, why do you want to monitor when the plan changed? Well, I said, well, in an old database, we had to monitor when the plan changes because it could impact performance and we'd get a problem. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I said, I said, we don't have a tool to monitor when the plan changes because nobody who uses Postgres cares <laughs> when the plan changes. It's not a problem. Because right? it's not a problem, right? Yeah. So again, as I said, either this morning or yesterday, you know, yeah, I think it was yesterday. I said, don't, don't play. You know, you don't need every feature that you had in your old database, and you don't need any remodeling capability you had in your old database, right? Right. Um, so I think, I think a lot of the NoSQL stuff is is a reaction to that monolith that the developers didn't like, and they're like, okay, we're going to make this database so simple that you just plug it, you just install it, and it auto configures everything, and and. And then you just throw the data at it, and then sometimes you're going to get it back. Well, uh, you know, if the world was that easy, you know, we'd all be, you know, riding unicorns home. But or it's right. not, right? <laughs> so Postgres, in a lot of ways, is in that middle. Mm -hmm. um, and you heard it when I did the administration talk yesterday. We're like, well, I don't, you know, we don't really necessarily want all the overhead of having all the features that you might want. We're going to give a people a subset that's that's reasonable, that works cleanly, that's going to you know that's going to give everybody a good. Doesn't mean there's no value to the edge cases, um, but in terms of pr giving people a product that's predictable, and can't doesn't break replication, you know, doesn't break when when something unusual happens, you know, that's kind of where we are. And I think I'm hopeful that the market is going to move in that direction. That that the NoSQL is a reaction to the monolith, and yeah. Postgres is kind of sitting in the middle. Kind and of after, after a couple uh, decades, you guys keep going full steam ahead. Yeah, sitting sitting <laughs> in the middle after a couple decades, yeah. It's a good um, place to be. Yeah, it's a good place to be. And, and you know, you do we do it because we find it interesting, 
and we like the problems we're solving and you know we we get good feedback in what we do and we're, we're always you know very attentive to what people think we can do if we don't think it's a good idea we're still going to we're going to say that you know yeah, we're not going to roll over and do everything but um you know we do it because we like the technology and you know if people also like the technology and we get more use out of it that's great you know it's even better yeah, for us. yeah. absolutely Okay, a big thanks to Bruce for being on the show. And listeners, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them by email to podcast at vividcortex.com or you can leave them as comments on the Vivid Cortex blog where we post each of these episodes. Brainwaves is also on iTunes where you can find it by searching for Vivid Cortex and subscribing so you can get every episode as soon as it comes out. You can also find us on SoundCloud and overcast.fm. Thanks for tuning in and stay brainy. Oh,